0: everybody and welcome to episode number 63 of confessions of a market maker i'm your co-host ray aka all day ray aka errol flynn and joined here by my cultured co-host former market maker 20 years and current day retail trader a former nightclub bouncer who'd spaz on you like frank lucas having blood spilt on his alpaca a gentleman who's handled more paper than a mailman I am talking about the infamous VWAP trader one. JJ. How's it going? Ray, man?
1: brother, brother Ray, how you doing?
0: I'm doing good, man. Doing good. It's nice to get back to a uh, you know, podcast uh just amongst us. Yeah. Um, how's how's life been for you, man, in 2021?
1: Great. It's uh it's been a good year. Weird markets, but uh it's been a good year, you know. uh it's Think things are things are very interesting. There's never a dull moment.
0: That's for sure,
1: you know. And some decent trades.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. De- de- definitely not dull. Um, it, exciting. A lot of drama this year, um, and that's what this podcast is going to be about. We, we plan on talking about recent events that have taken place this year. Uh, it's been eventful to say the least. Hedge fund blowups, banks taking big hits. I mean. JJ, we got kids on forums YOLOing into bankrupt companies. Oh, my uh, God. Uh, people are collecting art digitally, uh, including myself. And, yep. uh, and JJ, we still got people buying $50 costumes for their pets.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and, and, but,
0: you know, with all that being said, we're at all-time highs mm-hmm. in the SPY and the ES. I mean, w- what do you make of this current environment? Well,
1: I've been saying for a long time that people are are borrowing money and just railing these stocks. And, you know, Bill Wang was just just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, Bloomberg put out, an I mean, Wall Street Journal put on an article today, said, and they said, as of late February, investors have borrowed $814 billion against their portfolios.
0: Wow.
1: It's up 49% from a year, right? Wow. And that's the fastest annual increase since 2007. And the last time it was this high and it grew so rapidly was 1999. Um, You know, so it's been fueling. We know that because just looking at these markets, any trader can tell that this is not serious institutional buying. And even uh, Rick Ryder from BlackRock came out and said, liquidity is not great. And we're running at the highest levels of cash. So you know who's buying this stuff and it's 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 the credit cowboys.
0: <clears throat> oh, sorry, excuse me. Yeah. Crazy, man. Just uh just remind to listeners, if you like to trade alongside JJ, myself, and the supportive community of traders, join us at microefutures.com. JJ, uh now that we're post you know the Wall Street bets and the Robin Hood saga, how do you think this affects the psychology um of the market as a whole and the participants?
1: Uh, I've seen a lot of people taking really, really risky trades. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of scary always, you know, it's, it's from the other side of the coin. It's great for us because we can make money off of them. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, because they're just running around throwing money around. Right. Mm. Um, this is something this is like the 1920s, you know, yeah. uh, people are buying stocks in you know, in hotel lobbies where they have bucket shops, there is an entire industry in the UK and all over the world on this spread betting where people are trading these CFDs with little to no money down. And, you know, they're running these things and, and these things are just algorithms and they're just bucketing the orders. You don't actually own the underlying stock. You're just betting on the, which way it goes. Mm-hmm. So there's money flowing through these markets, like just ridiculous because of low interest rates. But what it's doing is it's creating a very, very scary uh, market because we have a lot of people playing with a lot of borrowed money. And uh, you know what happens when you borrow like Bill Wang? He went to eight bookies and borrowed money, right? And none of the bookies knew how much money he, they borrowed from each one. Yeah. So in the end, because they don't talk to each other, This guy nailed everybody, you know. And I don't know; he must have just been doing Red Bull and eight balls, and just ran himself to the ground.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's incredible. You know, speaking to the point, and I know me and you were we're talking about this today about the whole like Wall Street bets, like culture, and how it being good for like the sharp traders, right? Because um, a lot of it creates a lot of good trading opportunities. Um, you know, for some of us trading equities, at least, and uh, you know, it, it's funny to me, like that. It's um, that type of culture is like promoted, Jay, okay, right? Like this, like YOLO, because uh, these are the type of players I want to be at the poker table with, right? Oh, like, yeah. These <laughs> the are people you want to, and so like these participants in the market. Um, yeah, it, it's it's just it's crazy to me, but at the same time, it's it's good for traders uh, like ourselves.
1: It's, it's great for traders. When you hear the stories about how people lose their capital, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, so there's like, yeah. it's, it's, it free, creates opportunity for us, but it's, you know, I've talked to people. I, you know, I know people who are short the NASDAQ at 1260 and, you know, 12,600, uh, they're a you know, 12, thousand points out on a short,
0: yeah
1: um, you know, and it's, if for the guys who are trading other people's money, they don't care. Because, you know, they blow up a fund, they go on vacation, they come back and raise a couple of hundred million and off they go again. But for individual traders uh, to lose that kind of money, to be offside that far, is, is it's just not right. And the markets have kind of lost a lot of their two-way action because there's nothing but buying. And then there's no selling by firms like BlackRock and stuff. So there's a hoarding of stock. So, I mean, look at Microsoft today, it's up almost 1% on 25 million shares. Like, yeah. it's so thinly traded. Look what happened to Viacom. You tried to sell some stock, you, you cut the thing in half,
0: Yeah, you know? It's crazy. Yeah, you know, you know like, uh, especially a lot of our recent podcast guests, JJ, you know, I've asked them about some adjustments that possibly, like, the hedge funds make to this, you know, current environment, especially with a lot, <clears throat> maybe not so much as recent, but, you know, we've seen in the past few months a lot of short squeezes mm-hmm. um, going on how do you think like, you know, cause there's those short only funds, how, how do you think they, um, approach an environment like that? You think they're just on the sidelines or do, is there still good shorts? I, I don't know. It's just on my, you know, and I'm not sure.
1: I haven't, I haven't really heard a lot about, from those short only funds. Usually, yeah. you know, they're in, you know, you hear about Carson block and of course, uh, you know, a- Andrew from Citron, but, um, you don't really hear much about, you know, these guys who are big, big short sellers, because, you know, it, the simple thing about the market is it, it's a business, right? So there's a business strategy. So if the business strategy is to take crap up, why don't you just buy it, right? Yeah. <laughs> why would you right. trade counter to that strategy yeah. right. when the entire bid is moving the market up and you're sitting there? I mean, even if you've got $30 billion and you're fighting trillions, you're not going to win you know um you know so it's the short the shorting is nice in the Russell and in the stuff that you're shorting you know i see you in the room and you're you know you're picking those deals that you know that there's going to be liquidation because it's you know you you run your software you get your scan and then you check out the company the way you were telling me
0: yeah
1: you're like oh we're looking for strategic alternatives hit the bid. Right. Because you know, the news release is just like, yeah, it's, it, it you know, it might as well be a, a Walmart flyer. Yeah. Right. It's uh, you know, and you know, that some company like our friends who've been taking people's money since 1876 uh, you know, are dumping, you know, dump truck loads of stock into the buying.
0: Yeah. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, graciously uh, taking your money since eighteen sixty-eight. Uh, yeah, exactly. Shout out to them; they know who they are. Yeah, so yeah, Jay, I guess, I guess it's, it's a big difference between me shorting and the size account I have versus you know uh, a billion-dollar fund or something. Uh, well,
1: that's that's the thing because you at least and you come from the poker world, so you know how to protect your pot, mm-hmm. right? And if you know, last time I checked, you worked hard for that money; it didn't just fall into your lap. So, you know, you have a protective instinct over your capital. When these guys trade other people's money, they lose a lot of that because they're going for the glory. And, uh, you know, they always get paid their management fee every month, whether they make money or lose money. Right. And if the fund implodes, they just come back under another name and with some new strategy and, oh, he's back now, you know, after spending 18 months in France with his wife, uh, after losing, you know, three billion dollars. Um, you know, and let's go again.
0: Yeah, let's go you again. Know? Yeah, what a, oh, what a career, huh? So uh,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> so Jay, I yeah, let's um, let's talk a little bit about uh Bill Huang. I, I believe it was eight billion he lost, hurting several banks with him along the way. I, I think what Jay, I uh, I don't know what the leverage. I mean, maybe upwards to eight to one. i read, um. I seen Credit Suisse saying that it's looking bleak that they can even churn a profit this year. Yeah, uh, which is which is crazy to me, right? Because it's almost like these are like the masters of the universe. Like if they're losing money, should we be concerned, Jay? Like if, like I look at yes. them, you know, like the casino doesn't lose; they're not supposed to lose.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, the thing is with these. Markets, what has happened in this market is, in the old days, brokerage firms and these banks, they were run by partnerships, right? So you had 60 really old, crotchety, weaselly men, right, that would sit together and hoard all the money. And they, they would look at the books every night. And, you know, risk was because th- it was their own money. Now all these banks and brokerage firms are public. So the people who run them don't have any vested stake other than their bonus. So they're always pushing things to get a good bonus and risk kind of goes out the window. How did they let this guy, he had 10 billion of his own money, right? His total positions were unwound, approached $30 billion. Now, in a day where BlackRock manages $7 trillion or $8 trillion, is not... When did it be okay? When did it start to be okay to lose $30 billion? And, hmm. you know, this guy should be thrown in jail, right? And the people who loaned him the money should be taken out and flogged. <laughs> you know?
0: They might have. It, might, it may be worse. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we, I'm sure things like that don't get reported, but like... Uh,
1: yeah. You know... <laughs> No kidding, right? What
0: happens hey, when we doors, we yeah. all
1: saw that George Clooney movie. What the heck was it called? Where he was a lawyer and they tried to blow up his car, you know, and he was playing poker. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, I can't remember the name of the movie. Yeah. I, I, uh, Michael something or the other. Michael. I can't remember. But he like was a lawyer in the, uh, this big ConAgra type com, trying to com, Trump company tried to kill him, right? Big, oh, okay. Like Archer Daniels Midland, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just the same thing.
1: Yeah,
0: so, <laughs> so I, you know, I guess with this, this, um, I, I don't know, I don't know how to call it, maybe concerning environment or just, uh, you know, the way I'm approaching it is like kind of with caution, right? For the listeners, JJ, um, yeah, I don't know, maybe maybe some actionable advice, like you as a Definitely. trader, JJ, like, I, and I know you day trade, right? So you don't really position yeah. trade, but maybe for someone who does position trade, um, maybe some advice in, in this type of environment.
1: Uh, if you're position long,
0: trail your stops,
1: right? Just in case, because the markets are are very, very dicey right now. It also depends on your time frame. If you're buying something and holding it for 20 years, right. you know, you can always dollar cost average if it breaks, right? But if you are, you know, in a swing time frame, make sure you get paid because at the end of the day, we're not really out here for the glory. We just need to get paid every day or every week. Otherwise the gut rate drenching um, thing that the markets, the, the markets will put you through hell mentally. So you got to get paid for it. You know, don't go for the glory trades, get paid every day, every couple of days, take that money out. Uh, and if you're swing trading, use stops, you know, like, you know, you're swing long and you have a stop somewhere. And if it starts going in your direction, trail that stop just in case something crazy happens because these markets are not, you know, on long situations, there's no selling, but when they do come off, the ranges are huge. Right. Yeah. And, um, and when they do come off, they come off unexpectedly. And that's why I'm worried about our market right now, because it's been four or five sessions in a row where everything's just jammed. And uh, if, if it doesn't start
0: move to the upside, uh, we're going to have a little bit of a correction.
1: Yeah. But, yeah tiny of the stuff.
0: Yeah, JJ, I, w- I wanted to ask you and, and I know, you know, I'm not, you know, I haven't traded ES in some time and like, you know, we, we trade different things, you know, I'm mm. trading equities, um, but uh, the volatility has seen very, pretty high um, as of late. Um, I mean, at least like, I guess like this year, speaking to like, um, you've obviously been in markets way longer than me. How do you think the volatility is like uh, currently compared to maybe um, years past?
1: It's the thing is the ranges are massive Mm -hmm. the price action you're in those ranges aren't really that volatile right Mm -hmm. um and it's it's just because we have so many short-term people with borrowed money pushing price up and we don't have any supply so that it makes it a shaky sort of situation because if anybody comes in and tries to sell any size the whole thing falls apart like a house of cards Right. So that, that's like right now it's, it's not volatile enough. I mean, we don't have a two-way market. There's no selling in the market. And, and it's kind of, it's creating, we have the market, the NASDAQ and the ES are, are sitting on short positions that are massive and that's what's holding the market up. And you don't want a market held up by short positions. You want it to be held up with structural buys from longer term people. Yeah. You know, because then if it falls, it has some place to land. Here, if the shorts, shorts are the only ones buying and holding it up, once they're gone, good night, Irene. Mm-hmm. You know that, That's what I'm worried about. You know? So I'm cautiously long. I buy little dips. Mm-hmm. I don't really do a lot of shorting right now in the ES because it, it's like getting a root canal without Novocaine. Yeah, you have to sit in that. a short for four hours until the supply builds up, until the market sells off. So, I'll just wait till it falls, hits one of my levels, and just buy it, put a stop in and run it to the next level. And just, you know, buy those, look below and fails. And,
0: yeah. you know, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine trying those. to. I mean, it's got to be tough for anyone trying to be positioned short in the ES. I, I, I couldn't imagine uh, just like going against the grain,
1: you know? Yeah, it's, it's just going against the business environment. Yeah. And it's, it's not a normal, like the price action is. You know, every day we go higher on less and less volume and it's like creeping it up like the way I used to creep up a, a you know, a pink sheet stock,
0: yeah, yeah, you know,
1: to get the price up as high as I could. Oh, a little bit more, a little bit more. Okay. And then just, just unleash a torrent of selling,
0: you know? Right. 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 Um, You know, a follow-up to, I guess this question, JJ, which you saying the, you know, with the wide ranges, and I guess that's kind of what I was probably trying to more get at, like volatility, like wide ranges, right? Oh, um, yeah. I feel like I know how you're going to answer this, but I, you know, I'm going to ask it anyway for listeners. Uh, when we have wider ranges, do you, know, there's the uh, you know, people talk about like, okay, maybe wider ranges, maybe you widen your stop a bit because there's a higher chance to maybe get shaken out by randomness or whatever the case yeah. uh, is that advisable or do you think that's, you know, it doesn't, regardless of the range, still have a, you know, a, a tight stop. Um, I, I don't believe in using big stops. Mm -hmm. And if the market,
1: okay, here's the thing. If you, okay, if you have a million dollar account and you're used to trading volatility and big ranges, then you widen out your stops a little bit because you kind of know what you're doing. If you're a new trader, right? And when you and I were trading, we, we could use like a three, four tick stop, right? Because the markets were so calm, right? And as soon as they changed, we went, whoa, stop trading for a bit, figure out what's going on. And try and adapt into that and then when it goes to that i would rather trade the extreme edge of those ranges um, than trade the middle of it with a longer stop because the problem is the ranges are so big because the market makers are not absorbing inventory at every level if they had a big buy order from institutions the ranges would be you know nice and squished right so they buy a hundred here and then they buy a hundred here and then they buy 5000 10 points lower you know so there and then it just keeps dropping because they're not going to buy size unless unless it's really really at the lows and then they buy it all and rip it all the way back up yeah you know so that's it that's a it's a not an easy market to trade when it's like that mm-hmm. so i i do a lot of sitting and waiting like today i took one i know i didn't even trade today and i didn't mm-hmm. trade yesterday you know and i'll sit and wait until I get a trade that I like, you know? Um, And if I have to wait a week, I'm fine, right? Because I would rather watch and see what's gonna happen and then start trading actively after the situation resolves itself than
0: being caught in the situation. Mm -hmm. You know? I don't know if that makes sense. No, no, it does, for sure. All right, switching over to uh, another market. I'm talking about the digital online market. I mean, cryptocurrency, it's hit all time highs this year, Jay, and uh, we're still like hovering relatively close to them. Uh, we got the introduction to, uh, you know, NFTs, they're getting popularity this year. Um, you know, since we started this podcast, you've gone from, you know, knowing relatively nothing about crypto to like now, I at least think I would probably say like a baseline knowledge. You know, we've talked to a few yeah. People, like, oh, yeah. on the podcast. Um, how have your views or your perceptions of crypto changed as, uh, you know, we've been in this venture? I, I, I find it fascinating.
1: Um, at first, I thought it was the greatest scam on the face of the earth until I figured out. Because it's like you're selling nothing to people and they're buying it, right? That's like you don't even have to pay money to a printer to f- print up stock certificates, right? Yeah. It's, it, I thought it was beautiful, right? As somebody who likes to sell people a lot of product, I think it's beautiful, right? Now, the whole implications, and now it's becoming real. I see China's creating its own digital currency, right? It's the first for a major economy. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know, things change, and, and guys our age, and that's the one nice thing about working with you and, and Fingers, uh, Dan, um, is that you guys keep that young perspective of the word on the street going because for people who are in their 50s, they're like, ah, you know, i ad like, you know, but then I missed out on the whole crypto thing because I didn't take the time to understand it, mm. right? Mm. And had I been more open-minded at the beginning of it, I could have at least traded in and out of it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so that is something definitely for people my age is to be open-minded when this stuff happens. Now, Don't get married to it and say, I'm never going to sell it and all that sort of thing. Make your money and, and, and take it and get out, right? The NFT thing. That is, that's even cooler. I mean, because at least you get some sort of, well, it's not something visually that's pleasing. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know uh, that people like, so if you buy something for $29, right. And so, okay. So it goes to 15, you haven't watched big deal, right. That the, That's less than McDonald's. Right. Um, and, you know, at least you have something that, you know, gives you a, a, a chuckle. Right. Yeah. But, you know, buying them for three, 400 grand. If you got that kind of money to blow. Sure. <laughs> why not? Right. Yeah, you it. know, I, I'm, I am, I'm definitely one for those who stimulate the economy. I mean, go for it.
0: Yeah. Be good, you know? good. I'm good proud of you country. all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's your, uh, your first point, you know, JJ, I, I, uh, that's why it's, um, it's a, it's a pleasure like working with you, being mentored by you as well, because I, um, pick up from your experience, uh, pick up from you working in the industry, you being historian of the market, right? And so <laughs> we we get both perspectives from each other, yeah, right? And I think we're both, exactly. um, and I think this is just a, a good point, and a good key to investing is like being open-minded, right? Or, or like, Definitely. let's say like you were resistance to crypto at first, uh, you still listen to it and be like, oh, wait, hold on. Wait, yeah, oh, yeah. okay, you can make money. And because it's to the whole point too, JJ, right? Like it's like even exactly. if you're making these things, Who cares? A lot of people are doing it. Get your money exactly, exactly. Right, right. Like we're in here to make money. I think that's why we're all traders. Yeah,
1: exactly. We're not philosophers, right? Or you know, I mean, it's like, yeah, sure. My opinion. Yeah, who cares, right? That's like you know, I'm on the bid, right? It's like you know, it's just you know, and then I'm oh, I'm out and I made some money and and that's the thing because that's the really cool thing about it, you know, because I come from that generation where you had to work for kind of a douchey boss, you mm-hmm. know, like the guy in office space, mm-hmm. you know, who kind of lingered around your cubicle, right? And, you know, you had, you, know, you got to pay your dues and you got to take all this abuse before you can move up. And people are just tired. Like, young people are like, you know, excuse my language, but fuck that noise, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, I, I want to make money, you know, and not have to have like some lecherous boss sexually harassing me every day at work because that's the way it used to be in my day right these guys middle management were just like you know they were like leeches so um the the thing is i think it's great that young people um are making money right a lot of old people hate that i don't know why Mm -hmm. i'm like yeah make money because what the what's the use of having 50 billion dollars when you're like 87 and using a walker Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, what are you going to do? Buy a fancier walker? I mean, have money when you're young and enjoy it. What the hell?
0: Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. like one of our previous <laughs> guests, uh, Die With Zero, uh, Mr. Exactly. Bill yeah. yeah. yeah and I, I think, I, I think, um, yeah, like, like another key concept too, well, I guess it's kind of the same thing where we're talking of is I, I know a lot of people get turned off because they don't understand um, maybe like the technology, right? Um, And that's okay. Like, like JJ, I'm a trader. I'm not a blockchain developer. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need to know how it works. Once I've made the determination that like, well, you know, in my case, I actually do believe in these things. Right. But let's, let's say I didn't even uh, believe in them anyway. Like, uh, just having, um, like investing and trading knowledge, I think is first and foremost, as opposed to like, uh, knowing the, you know, knowing how the tech works, intricately. Exactly. Or. Yeah. Or like I've heard people say like, you know, because of the top shots, right? The, that's the basketball cards um, uh-huh. online or even like the physical trading card market. People are like, oh, well, I don't know about the sport. Listen, like I'm not I'm, I'm not really a basketball person. right? It, it, you don't you just you don't. You, it's more about the trading. I think principles trading yeah. the trading theory as opposed to knowing uh, these, you know, uh, specifics. You know, I think that's more important.
1: Definitely. I mean, I haven't watched basketball since Jordan played,
0: you know. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: i'm like seriously right and but you know i'm all for people making money off of it right and trading it right it's 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 nice to see people be able to generate some income um in times like you know in times of COVID and things like that um you know just remember to try and keep some of it you know from somebody who made money and you know had a great time in their 30s right you know luckily i was able to do it again but just uh you know you you always you know put away a little right Mm -hmm. and don't bet the farm on any one thing right um you know and and try and have some income coming from if you can get income coming from crypto like see the i still don't even don't even trade crypto because i'm just so involved in the es and my thing is like i just trade one thing well instead of three or four things badly right Um, and that's just my personality i really need to focus right otherwise i mean i can manipulate 20 stocks you know simultaneously but retail trading is hard because you got to figure out what's going on Mm -hmm. right when you're manipulating or you know working out stock into a retail buy you control the situation right Mm -hmm. so it's a lot easier than having to figure out what the hell's going on all the time Mm -hmm. so i like to just focus on one market but crypto would have been cool but i mean i looked at it but you need a wallet or a <laughs> yeah money clip or uh you know a fanny pack and this and that and you know i was like oh good grief yeah you know, i'll just stick with the ES right now but i really like it and one of these days when i have time you know i'll poke around in there and see what's what's going on yeah, yeah.
0: you know uh one of my trading partners who trades it and uh but the ranges and
1: stuff like that, it's, it's pretty crazy.
0: You know, it can be, it can be crazy. I know know we have a few people in our room that are uh, Mm -hmm. very active in crypto, like day trading type active. I I just buy and hold Jay. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm only two things right now, but uh, I'm just, uh, I don't fuss with it too much because like you said, the the volatility is um, liquidity. Who knows a lot of going on there. Um. But the market has matured a lot though, JJ, like the crypto market. So it's, um, it's been interesting to see it evolve over the years. Um, yeah, maybe that's come to it. It,
1: it it'd be nice. Well, I guess it's not in the, the spirit of things to standardize it and have one monopoly on it yeah. that that's probably why it's, tra- you know, traded on different exchanges and people can arbit and, yeah. you know, the opportunities for people who have, um, you know, uh, quant skills and and are able to code and stuff like that are just amazing you know because they can arbit up from one exchange to another they can do all sorts of stuff you know mm-hmm. um so that's really cool because people then it allows people to get creative
0: you know yeah yeah for sure i think um i guess like the last thing on the nfts i think um you know, I want to talk about, it. it's, uh, it's almost insane, JJ, like the, the ROI on some of these NFTs, right. Cause I, I think what's, sh- what makes NFTs very powerful and why I think it's good for like the collectible, um, industry. So like, um, you know, like the art or, uh, the trading cards, music, et cetera. Cause I, I think you see like, you know, look at some, like the physical market, right. Like art, like, like art sneakers, um, the trading cards. I think people like these things because there is like there's like a limited supply, mm-hmm. right? Like you, we want what others don't have, and I think that's what gives the NFTs a lot of power. Is there is limited supply um, on most of these things, and um, so you you let's say let's say you you get hold of something JJ that like it's sold out, right? Yep. Once these things sell out, like the ROI, like you're almost like minimum doubling like your price for what you paid, and, and that's like me low. Like me, lowballing it, right? Um, nice. I mean, people are seeing like thousand percent ROIs on some of these things. I, I just that that can't sustain itself though, in, in my mind, right? Like, there's nothing. What 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 do you have in this world, JJ? Right? You just buy something, your ROI just goes up like a couple minutes later. That much, I, I can't but, see that being the lasting thing. So I think you know, obviously, right? Um, approach with precaution, and you know, definitely standard bankroll management. Um, yeah, um, just for the listeners.
1: Yeah, really. That's that. That's a that's a very important thing, you know. And the thing is, it's nice that you and and fingers were able to get into this thing early. Yeah. Right. Because your your cost average is the lowest. Right. You guys were in on
0: certain
1: things before yeah. it even. You you timed it. I I think you were like, was it like a month early, or something like that? You guys yeah. just like hit it and got into it and understood it, and boom, it took off. Right. Yeah. Um. It was really really nice timing. Right. So that, that's beautiful. Just, you know, always, you know, lighten the load a little bit, you know, sell a little bit, keep a little bit, you yeah.
0: know? Yeah. 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 It's, just, uh, just going back yeah. to it, It's like, Hey, same trading and investing principles um, exactly. uh, apply here. And, and I still think we are still relatively like early, probably in like overall, um, I don't know, market cycle, whatever you want to call it, but
1: yeah. You know, as long as interest rates stay low and these guys keep throwing money around, you know, that money will flow, you know, yeah. People... I think
0: I'm, I'm still using the, the pet clothing indicator, JJ. Um,
1: exactly. It's you not know?
0: slowing down. People are still buying, um, sweaters. They're buying, their cats. they're buying costumes. Um, uh, it's ridiculous. They got fur, uh, you're gonna make them more hot. I, I feel bad for the dogs.
1: Exactly. So do I, you know, it's, uh, I was on Amazon last night looking I was looking for a power converter, and uh, I saw a cat wearing a sailor costume. I was like, "Okay, <laughs> it was like seventy bucks or something like that. Somebody will pay that for you know a cat
0: style, yeah. whatever." I mean, at least I could see it's like a, maybe a little more acceptable in the in the tundra where you live, right? I'm, <laughs> exactly. I'm down here in the tropics. I'm like, you're torturing your dog, man. It's eighty degrees yeah, exactly. outside. Get, get <laughs> his uh, get his knitted sweater off him.
1: I'm yeah, up. no kidding. Like that's just cruel.
0: <laughs> All right so let's conclude conclude today's episode of Confessions of a market maker if you guys enjoyed the podcast please rate and review it for us if you'd like to trade alongside jj myself and a fun and professional group of traders join us at microe futures.com jj parting words for the masses
1: well folks you know trade out there trade your trade well just manage your risk and uh just in the next couple of months here, just, you know, keep your head on a swivel, right. It'll, uh, you know, keep your, you you know, just uh, and make sure you get paid. Right. Because there's this, this business will, you know, it's a wonderful business, but um, make sure that it pays you, you know, and uh, if you need any help, come see, you know, Ray and I, and we'll help you with that.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, gotta, yeah, shout out to our uh, our room, a real fun community, mm-hmm. last, in there, last in there every day. A lot Some of characters. great people in there, <laughs> JJ. It was a pleasure, man. Uh, it was good just, yeah, know uh, me and you chopping it up, definitely. Uh, no interference from no one else, it was fun. Uh, look, look good stuff. Up, all right, brother, all right. So, for George, the brown.